1: Listening to the Silver Stream, a journey through ideas in collaboration with invited guests. I'm creator and host, visual artist Byzantia Harlow. For today's extended episode, the usual stream of consciousness approach continues, however, it's a little different format than usual. The following two hours, a montage of a lot of different voices, can be seen as a backdrop to my personal experience an attempt to try to make sense of the world state and my own new reality. Throughout my work as an artist, I have an interest in spiritual and self-care practices and I have researched various groups in relation to this. Um, I found myself reaching out to people from these groups or from past projects um, during this time. Today's episode is a montage of these conversations and there are many differing views, um, you know, and opposing views as well. Um, Some will resonate with you listening, some will not. There is some kind of overarching themes that come out and you'll see this in the way that they're montaged together. This resilience and hope comes through as a kind of common, unifying belief at this time as well as the need for acceptance. These are the things that came through as I asked how we could individually and collectively begin to process what we're experiencing. So, many thanks to everyone who I either spoke to via Skype or sent in voice notes for the episode. They came in from all around the world, um, both friends, family and also people I don't know but have kind of reached out to in the past for work. So i'm very interested as well in these blurry boundaries between uh public and private and these are things i speak about a lot on the silver stream um these boundaries between us and other inside and out public and private and you know never more so than in this episode does this apply so the first voice note you'll hear is my father paolo guidi who is a regular contributor to my radio projects and is also a retired psychoanalyst and psychiatrist with expertise in collective trauma and the Jungian notion of the shadow. He's also an alchemical designer and he collaborated on a tarot deck that I made as part of my art practice. Now, within the episode today, he kind of explains how coronavirus is tapping into an archetypal image of the apocalypse within the collective unconscious and the subconscious. He also speaks about what the after effects of the pandemic may be socially and culturally. We also hear from YouTube tarot readers, who I don't know personally, but got to know through my YouTube tarot project, Lunar Water Tarot. We hear from Angie at Hope Tarot Daily, who's based in the UK, and another Angie from New Path Tarot, based in the USA. They explain what they've been seeing in their tarot cards currently and in the lead-up to this crisis and how this can be a moment of positive change. We hear from consciousness coach and intuitive empath Eileen McGowan. We hear her take on this being part of an ascension process and a sort of reset for the world. And teacher Annabel Levin gives us her take on things from a self-care perspective. Psychotherapist Alejandra Sarmiento, I hope I'm saying that right, <laughs> offers some practical advice on how to soothe ourselves during this time. Greek Orthodox monk and priest Father Nilos, who has lived for years in isolation from the rest of the world, he shares his take on dealing with loneliness and fear. To break up this oscillating dialogue, there are some really beautiful sound pieces. A massive thank you to Sonia Sound for sending me through the first sound piece you'll hear, a healing sound bath, specially for the show. And to the amazing musician, artist, producer, activist, and mother, Lima Leighton, for sending me through a special 15 minute piece, which you'll hear towards the end of the episode. I spoke of Lima's work on a past radio episode, And I couldn't think of someone more suitable to ask to add some sound elements to this episode because Lima's sort of practice is based around the fact that she moved to the UK from Brazil and was feeling homesick and lonely being a primary parent without her partner um, being around for a lot of the time as he was working abroad. And so instead of writing him needy messages and emails, Lima started sending him poems over synths, which resulted in an amazing collection of music, raising questions about long-term relationships, parenthood and belonging. Her practice just seems really pertinent to what is happening at the moment, and she has also been doing some stuff on, on Instagram. I saw some kind of live music events for people to tune into it's interesting how artists are utilizing this time to continue to make work Um, and as Dan Graham states in the intro to Artificial Hells by Claire Bishop all artists are alike they dream of doing something that is more social more collaborative and more real than art so this statement could not be more true at this time where the usual social and collaborative outlets we have have been sort of lost. I've tried to deal with this myself through my practice as an artist. Obviously I've been making a lot of work independently but I've also been giving free tarot readings via Skype to friends and strangers. Something that feeds into my artistic practice but is also something that I used to do professionally in the past. I advertised these um, free readings on my Instagram account and was instantly inundated with requests. So it's kept me really busy which is great. Speaking to new people as well as talking to old friends I think is quite important at this time and being able to offer some kind of transformative space to discuss and work through situations which the tarot is kind of all about was really enriching for myself and also everyone who I read for said that the readings were very accurate which is great. Um, you'll hear some audio towards the end of the episode uh, that artists recorded of me giving her a tarot reading which she included in her podcast project as DJ Quarantina. The tarot is a common thread throughout um, the episode today so under the speech in the episode today you'll hear some healing hurts frequencies. This is something I use in the backdrop to all my tarot readings and also sent to people afterwards as something they could listen to to soothe themselves. I find them incredibly soothing I think as well this episode just really documents a personal experience for myself which i'm sure is also kind of quite a universal experience of just highs and lows as well as kind of weighty conversations that i'm having with these sort of specialists um you know therapists psychoanalysts mystics psychics all of all of these people i have also like interlaced some of the more everyday chats that i've had that have kept me sane so also just playing some of the memes and audio that surfaced on the internet um a a really touching uh sound clip of a village in germany singing ciao bella in solidarity with italy and also recordings of clappings for the nhs from my street um a phone conversation with my 90 year old italian grandmother And the moment a few days into self-isolation that I reached out to a part-time lover, live on air on his radio show, receiving a frosty response. (laughs) These moments of release and giving in, of allowing myself to get drunk, to get nostalgic and to get sad, rather than trying to intellectualise it all and work out why and how and what. These human moments, a screw-it-all mentality, a longing for normality, has been a creeping undertone of my daily experience. Um, In the end, I'm only grateful that I and all my family and friends are currently healthy and safe. Some have recovered already from the virus. I'm sure some will not recover in the months to come. As everyone I spoke to said, we have to send good thoughts and thanks to our NHS and scientists. Thank you to everyone that's listening. The show being a tool to connect people in a wider sense is something I'm incredibly grateful for at the moment. And I hope something within the next two hours will resonate with you. So take care and I'll see you next
2: time. Well, we do survive and we will survive. And some of us may pass, but the, I mean, we all flow in, the, in a stream of life. We're little elements in a stream of life. And this has been a serious challenge, but I don't think it's going to stop the stream of life. And that's, I mean, that is in a way Jung's notion is that we, we, we live, we join the collective, we put things into the collective, we die. And for those of us who have faith, then life is, a, is only part of an existence. Yeah. For people who don't have faith, this could be quite a terrifying time because it brings mortality home. People who don't have that thing will have to make an adaptation. It's a much quicker adaptation than they normally would have to make. Right. This is unprecedented. I think that I think that one has to go right back into... Um, sort of history. I mean, pestilence is a fatal epidemic disease. It's been with us. Plague, an infectious disease caused by bacteria. But what we've not seen is a pandemic that spreads this quickly. Even the great flu spread much slower than this. This disease emerged in December that we know of and in two months has overtaken the world. So that's a very, very scary prospect. The Black Death killed 40% of the European population. Measles decimated Native American and South Pacific communities. Once these epidemics passed, the social structure changed. Yeah. And I think this pandemic, it may not kill so many, but I think it has come as a great warning. And certainly, the financial systems have taken a huge um, shake-up because they, they didn't really make continuity for it.
3: My name's Angie and I'm a tarot reader. I have a YouTube channel. I've been reading tarot cards since 1996 and I've been making YouTube videos for the last eight months. Over the last four months or so, the key cards that have been coming up have been the death card, the tower card, and the Hanged Man card. These are three key cards that have been coming up time and again on a daily basis, and more so than ever before. And I think a lot of other tarot readers aren't really surprised with what's going on right now. We may not have known what was coming, but we knew something was coming. The Hanged Man is about making sacrifices so that we can move forward, being at the crossroads in life, there being something holding us up to make us readjust, realign leave things behind that are no longer important
4: but
1: what's your take on all of this like i a lot of spiritual community are saying it's like ascension
4: yeah. and obviously
1: things are changing like apparently in china the pollution has cleared because all the factories are off in venice like the canals have cleared of all the pollution obviously yeah. it's made people rethink the way they're living their lives and capitalism and all of these things but it's like also, incredibly like panicking
4: for people well yeah that's the thing is I truly feel like had people paid attention and made changes proactively this wouldn't be happening right now but sometimes things have to happen dramatically to get people to wake up because it's affecting the entire planet
5: Yeah.
4: finally you know I feel it's sad that it has to be in, in this way but nobody was getting the memo so it's like it's like I big
5: power saw- moment. I did a tarot
1: card reading while I was waiting for you. I got the tower twice.
4: <laughs> oh my god, that's so funny. I got tower all day yesterday and then today I split my deck and tower was right there and I was like, Oh great.
3: The Tower Card is about rocking those foundations, cracking them open and being able to build something new. So we're being liberated and set free. People may be entering a time where they realise they don't want to go back to the career that they've left. that They don't want to go back to the school that they left, that they want to make a change, that this is the time to be making the change. Maybe we're going to have a whole load of kids that want to become scientists who are compassionate, who want to do um Medical work that want to do work that benefits the world rather than just capitalism, we may be entering a much more powerful time.
2: We have to hope that this teaches us to be humble, to forget arrogance, to realise our position in the planet as a member of the planetary whole, and we need to stop squandering. wealth of the world and we also need to think about making the wealth of the world more equal. I sort of think about um, Boccaccio and the Decameron. This is a book he wrote about the plague um, and it was written to really capture an aspect of the culture and also a bit trickstery, put in notions of change. A party go out to the country and They uh, have lunch at the woman's house, and then they want to walk to the next destination. And a man says, let me put you on my horse, and I will tell you the best story in the world. And when he's trying to tell it, he just fluffs it up completely. And she says to him, my dear, I think your horse is burdened by carrying me. Can I get off and dismount? And he realizes he's being told the narrative is wrong. So he stopped the narrative and started to talk about other things. Now, why I say that is that COVID is creating its own narrative. It's not a nice one. It's a bit of a horror story. Um, But the majority of people will survive and will overcome it. But it's going to mean a large period of lockdown, Mm -hmm. maybe up to a year. We need to think about a discourse about other matters, uh, and not let COVID overtake everything. Because once this finishes, it's going to mean that we have to reevaluate what we've done. I mean, we've got a discourse about climate change, yeah. societal change, the return of valuing people and ending the global capitalist experiment, which denigrates people and values wealth or entity that promises wealth. And is associated mm-hmm. with greedy pursuit of gain whilst destroying the planet.
5: What's your um, your YouTube channel thing for the people listening? Uh, Eileen McGowan, Playful Freedom. What can people do? The whole thing, whether you believe the coronavirus is man-made or it came from off-planet, I mean, there's lots and lots of stuff out there, yeah? The whole planet is going through an awakening, yeah? So my body is... It responds to what's going on. Your body responds to what's going on. It responds to what you're seeing. It responds to what you're thinking. Yeah. So the whole thing, thank you coronavirus for awakening humanity, bringing everyone into stillness, Yeah. into quiet so that they can sit with themselves. Now, if you've done any inner work, you know yourself, then it's challenging at times, but you're getting to know yourself. You're getting to know that you are not the old personality, not the that aspect of yourself. It's like, shit, we're all connected. We're all one.
0: Yeah.
5: Yeah. And every, the divine, the divine, the universe, whatever you want to call it has yeah. a plan. Yeah. So we're all busy running around trying to work it all out, freaking out instead of coming indoors, which is a big setup. Spending time with you, yeah. So you meditate, do a wee bit of yoga, relax, yeah. And yes, if fear comes up or anxiety comes up, oh, it what you're feeling, you're healing.
3: If you're feeling overly helpless, reach out to someone. If you see someone online or within your friend circle, reach out to them. Be that positive voice right now that's the most important thing everyone's going to be on their own roller coaster at different points so we're going to go through feelings of denial, acceptance, fear not feeling well feeling restricted so we have to make choices every single day we have to acknowledge that we have a choice we have a choice about what time to get up we have a choice about what time we're going to eat we have a choice about what to do with our day even if we choose to do nothing with our day at least we've made that choice. we can't choose to go outside but we do have other choices to make that will help us feel more in control while we're so out of control.
1: It's strange mm-hmm. that it happened in 2020 as well because it was we like everyone in the spiritual community was like oh 2020 is gonna be this big shift and then it's right. like
5: finished. it is <laughs> didn't come how you expected though. You know, I have compassion for people who are losing people. Yeah. But on this planet you're born and you die. It's part of the cycle.
1: Do you think that this is the ascension process that
5: was a lot of people thought was coming in twenty twenty? It's been here for quite some time, but yes, this is it. It's showing up not in the way that everyone expected yeah. or yeah. wanted it to be. It brought up a lot of stuff with me to do with like
1: feeling lonely, even though I spent so much time in my house doing the things I would be doing anyway.
5: Do you want to know what the loneliness is? What is it? Part of the ascension. Probably, yeah. Sadness, uh, loneliness, emptiness. Yeah. So it's all the old coming up. Yeah. So, of course, this is the the separation, the identity of the ego personality that says, I'm lonely and I'm separate, which is impossible because we all are one. But see the game that gets played out. <laughs> so when you sit with the loneliness, when you say to yourself, sweetheart, it's okay to be lonely. It's okay to feel these feelings because the what I'm feeling, I'm healing. Yeah, I have said that to myself. When you say it out loud, yeah. It's like, it's okay, sweetheart. You, It's okay to feel lonely. I'm here. I'm here supporting you now. So you're talking to your inner child and you're reassuring it that any time it felt abandoned or lonely as a child, that's what's leaving your nervous system. But the
3: death card is about that transition, that change, that transformation, that The death of old ways and the opening up and the rebirth of new ways.
0: My name is Annabelle. I teach art at a secondary school in central London. I recently uh, took part in a 21-day challenge by Deepak Chopra about bringing more abundance into our lives, and it couldn't have been more prescient. And I'm going to read out a quote that um, I thought resonated with me and may resonate with others. So here it is, nothing and no emotion are permanent, same as day and night. So are the good moments and the bad. Receive them all because they are a natural part of life. Impertinence is permanent. Even in what we class as normal times, coming to terms with the fact that impermanence is permanent is quite um, difficult to do. But I think more than any other time, we have to very quickly... Um, get on board
6: with that notion. My name is Alejandra, I'm a psychotherapist. We're living in challenging times. These challenging times are happening worldwide at a pace and scale which we have never experienced. In fact, have never even imagined. We're all united against a common enemy who does not discriminate. Not by race or gender, rich or poor. Not by nationality, not by political affiliation or sexual preference. We're losing loved ones. We're seeing our loved ones lose their businesses, their incomes. We ourselves may be losing our dream jobs and our safety nets. Weddings have been cancelled. Christenings too. Dream holidays are being postponed. It's all too real and yet we are uncertain what exactly is happening and for how long and what does it all actually mean. One thing is clear. This is serious. Most of us have been forced to swap mindsets from thriving to surviving. It's unsettling and it's upsetting.
4: As long as we have electricity, water, yeah. and internet, we'll yeah. be fine. The problem will be the food. The food is gonna be because of the people causing the panic. So, and then of course, the economics of things are gonna be in hard for individuals, but, that's probably going to cause a global reset on the on the financial market which is what we needed
3: the key right now is accepting the situation that we're in and using the tarot cards in our path forward by accepting the situation we're in humans have a natural ability for problem solving so if we can accept how we are helping the world by staying at home by staying behind our doors or if we're able to to get out and help within the community and do what is required of us but we can also help online we can be that positive voice online for everyone
6: i'm going to share my thoughts and tips for how to best adapt to this strange new world some of it will resonate with you some will not perhaps some of my suggestions will even sound like spiritual mumbo jumbo but i urge you to try out my new ideas what have you got to lose and in any case We all have plenty of time to fill. It might just be helpful. Firstly, we have to surrender into acceptance. This is where we are right now. It is our new reality. We must surrender to this new status quo. There are two ways to sit in it, either in frustration and anger or in peace and hope. We each get to choose our response
1: do you think the time of like being going inwards and having to be with ourselves is sort of like to teach us to love ourselves
5: what do you think well what do you potential,
1: do potential i think i think that that a lot of the things that are going to have to change and shift as a result of this were like quite a long time coming and hopefully things are going to change out of it you know i don't think things are going to go back to how they were but i think a lot of systems are going to change People are gonna have to like go within and fight, you know, deal with a lot of things. They're not gonna have work to distract them, they're gonna start to see like what's important to that. You know, all of these things. So yes.
5: So a good analogy is if you get a new kitchen or if you're rebuilding a house, you have to pull the old one down and yeah. it gets messy. Yeah. It's a process. Yeah. Yeah. Allow yeah. allow it to happen. This is because that's still the old model of i have to get in there and do this yeah happening and the more you relax and the more you connect to your heart to your higher self yeah then it happens like freaking magic it's kind of like oh yeah so when something comes up and you get really restricted or tight and tense that's a fantastic opportunity just to sit down, sit your sweet, sweet self down, and breathe, relax, best you can, soothe yourself.
3: Hello, my name is Sonia Anderson and you can follow me at Sonya in sound on Instagram and Facebook and I'm going to be playing some Crystal Bowls which are a really good way to help manage stress, anxiety, and worries. So just close your eyes, take a deep breath, and just listen to the different sounds.
6: guided meditation and well-being apps can be helpful too. There are so many to choose from such as headspace, calm, brain in hand for example. Again these are worth a try. They're not for everyone but they are great for some people. Conscious breathing will also help calm your nerves. Slow deep breathing helps restore calm in your body. Imagine a square in front of you. Start at the top left hand corner. Breathe in slowly for four. Hold for four, breathe out slowly for four, and then you repeat for every corner of the box. You can repeat this with as many boxes as you need to. This technique is called box breathing. Give it a try next time you start to feel a sense of panic rising. See if it helps. I really hope it does.
5: Going for a walk. Yeah. Reading a book, having a hot bath. We know it's all self-care. Yeah, yeah, yeah what you would do for someone else if they were really stressed out do it for yourself your heart your everything within your energy field wants to hear you do you feel that it's like oh shit everything i've been searching for everything i've been waiting to hear it's me that has to do it yeah. only i can fulfill that connection yeah it's an amazing game yeah but it's already done it's done (laughs) yeah many times have you heard that right listening to abraham hicks it's like it's done it's done it's done right but we've been taught we have to do it we have to fix it we have to change it we have to clear it we have to heal it and yes that did work in 3d but it doesn't work in five it's effortless as soon as you get relaxed so whatever you can do to soothe yourself.
6: If you notice your moods are being affected by the endless news updates, make sure you restrict your news feed. In the same way that physical exhaustion happens if we have exercised too much without enough recovery time, emotional exhaustion can happen when we overconsume stressful news. This can lead us to us feeling totally overwhelmed. You may find yourself bursting into tears unexpectedly or just generally feeling burnt out. But you can help limit the incoming onslaught of news by, for example, turning off all the notifications in your apps, including your news apps, and only listening or watching or reading the news at certain times of the day, and for a specific amount of time. Perhaps you can set a limit that you're comfortable with. Start with, say, 30 minutes, and adapt according to how you feel.
5: What does this feel like in my body? Is it tight and tense? Bingo, that's an alarm from my higher self saying not true. So when you relax and you can sit with it if you want to journal, if you want to do breath work, or you want to do sessions with someone that you that assists you, yeah. Because like the healer never heals anyone yeah it just offers a space a vibration of i already see you as your highest potential there's loads of tools right there's loads of people teaching but it because it's individual you find what resonates for yourself yeah Yeah? as i say there's no teachers there's no gurus there's no hierarchy in 5d so we're all the same at different levels of consciousness so i'm all for empowering everyone yeah there's nothing here that isn't there
1: i think it is all about self acceptance isn't it and this time where people are have faced with themselves Unable to sort of escape themselves or distract themselves by many things, they are going to have to do the whole self-acceptance thing, and also acceptance of mortality, acceptance of things being out of their control. You know,
7: they say like psychologically, there are phases of life where we let go, and like we let go of um, like the illusion of childhood, the um, illusion, like uh, uh, the, the illusion of youth. Or we, or we grow up, we grow out of, out of youth, and eventually we lose our, you know, our parents, um, and even life itself. But anyway, those are all the different, but now, all these things um, are kind of coming at us all at once, but with this, uh, with this virus. Yes. Or at least true. the idea of it.
1: It's true, yeah. So there are all these illusions that you have to kind of drop but we're going, we're being confronted by them all at the same time and do you think that after this virus clears it will be like a, a, it's like it is some kind of spiritual thing that's happening and there will be like a kind of a higher reason to it afterwards or
7: you, I, I guess don't you don't know. Sounds good to me <laughs> it Sounds good to me, yeah, yeah. It makes sense because people are really forced to change and being put, pushed into uh, places in life where never been, they've never been before.
0: Yeah.
2: When you have so much death about, as in uh, mid- Middle Ages and, and, and the Renaissance times, um, it creates a very ambivalent and uneasy relationship to death. And death has its, has, has its counterpoint, its opposite, is the creative process. But we also have to take it in context, because this year, it's not just COVID-19 virus, We suffered plagues of locusts, famine, fires, floods, wars, genocides, our pestilence. It's all very apocalyptic, and that's a very powerful image. That that you know people facing this are going to be very very scared. In our sort of collective psyche, the apocalypse has a powerful rotor, should we say, in, in terms of the dynamics. Some people are preparing, like,
4: the end is here, you know, and it's not like that. All those
1: conspiracy theorists who were telling us the end of the world was coming and stockpiling in their bunkers are like, yes,
4: we were right. <laughs> I bet they are they are jumping up and down with glee right now because they're like, I told you, I you're going to be coming to me asking for food and, you know, all this stuff. Can you
1: do, like, a, a, a pull for what you think the next three months will be like? <laughs> I, have,
4: I have nothing bad. There's no dark cards. I wish I could show you. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've got Hierophant coming up with showing, like, a lot of changes in, in religion and, and status quo, tradition, and structure. But... I, and, I, and I'm seeing you know the closures and, and the economy effects, but I'm not seeing doomsday-type
2: cards. In the Greek, it actually means revelation, an unveiling or unfolding of things not previously known that couldn't be known apart from the unveiling. So that's its entomological origin.
7: Yeah. Um,
2: and that links a bit with your saying, maybe something good is gonna come out of this, or we'll see the world for what it is and make some good changes.
6: Having said this, I think a general sense of panic is absolutely natural right now. Not just because we're living a global crisis, but because most of us are simply not used to spending so much time with ourselves, our thoughts and our feelings. We're all being triggered. This is a great time to make friends with our triggers, our demons. Try to befriend them, to understand them. Try, if you can, to accept them with compassion, the way we have learned to accept and love our friends' weaknesses. Our demons hold our pain and our anger. They allow us to function well most of the time. So when they do rear their ugly but seductive heads and fill us with stories of self-loathing and anger, we can so quickly fall back into a place of familiar darkness. Again, the more aware we are of our, of our demons, the better placed we are to placate them with love and understanding. And we need not feed their irrational fears. We must always remember that all of our feelings are valid. Collectively, we're on a wild roller coaster. It is absolutely okay to feel scared, angry, frustrated, confused. For many of us, we have switched from a living mindset to a survival mindset. It's wonderful to see the positives, but aiming to be upbeat and launching ourselves into a 24-7 program of self-improvement can only make us feel more miserable. Beware of a spiritual bypass. Check in regularly with yourself and really try to be honest about how you are feeling. There is no shame, just self-compassion.
2: We're going to face, as a population, one person getting it, another person not getting it. Yeah. And the reasoning why, we don't know yet. And so you're going to have people who catch the disease and perish and others who manifest the disease and are seemingly spared and
7: yeah. you know that's already a dynamic
2: it between the aged and the young population you can look at to get examples of how it works you look at italy you look at spain and you look at china they've got different patterns yeah but services are overwhelmed and people are dying because there's not but, enough there's just resources it is a challenge it's
1: challenging us then to accept how weak we are in terms of we are not this ever powerful thing. We are weak to nature and to things happening. And how do people, what we want to talk about today is how do people actually deal with their mortality and that the fact that they are just these little sort of dots at the whim of something bigger and how do they integrate the fear and that's calming
7: them and you makes
2: say, the best it. You say that's going to be uplifting. I mean, that statement was existential nihilism.
7: The important thing is you you get back up and you keep trying. Um, someone said, "What do you do?" What, what? Someone said to the monk, "Like, well, what do you do here? How, you know, what, what, what is it that you do here?" He said, "Well, what do I do here? I I fall down. I get up. I fall down. I get up. I fall down. I get up." I and that's just like every man, isn't it? Every man and woman, we're, we're, it's, a, it's a part of life to fail. And uh, also in the, in the spiritual struggle, we are failing sometimes in our, in our minds.
1: I see something uplifting in it because it's like you have to just then make the best of every moment, even if you're trapped indoors. You have to connect with people. You have to, we have to think about what can come after it that can be a better system. Well,
2: I think, first of all, we've got to look at what's happening. This is a disease that kills people in middle age and late life. Younger people are more protected.
0: Yeah.
2: This is killing off those people who are in their retirement, their golden years, who put in all their work into the community, and it's quite problematic. There, there is resources that are allocated to those with good chances of survival. Um, yeah. And there's this triage going on, so it contravenes the general principles of equality of medicine to receive care or receive care based on the level of need those rules have been thrown out of the window by this episode we've not we're not upholding the moral rights that we used to adhere to because they're unsustainable that for a culture is a huge thing it's not been agreed with the population it's been decided and applied outside the population by the executive and this raises moral concerns and when things Recover. there will be a moral reckoning between those that survived and those that died. The euphoria of survival will be tempered by survival guilt, and the failures to protect yeah. the vulnerable. And our, our society is going to bite that one and have to look at it. The, 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 all the
7: lies are, you know, especially if someone is going through a really, really hard time, especially like a, 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 a death in a family, there's not a lot you can say really, just to comfort them and be with them. But um, all the why's, why it really is a, it, it cripples you, and um, it's like shooting yourself in the foot, so to speak, because um, there's not really any clear answer.
2: Italy and Spain, other countries, Iran. People haven't been able to say goodbye. Yes. And so that it's like you're you've got the emotional attachment there's no real warning and it's like a sudden death and that's always quite traumatic
1: so how can people process and deal with it
2: well the truth is it's going to traumatize them they're going to go through serious grief yeah and and it's going to feel unfair and arbitrary and you know what is this virus about
7: how is anyone
1: going to find love in this in this time though
2: Well, it, it may make the finding of love a bit slower and more, um, should I say, more measured.
1: Yeah.
2: And thoughtful. Or the
1: opposite. It might make people just act like in the war, like, oh, well, we could anything could happen. I did some public singing earlier this week as a sort of, like, love declaration, but it didn't go so well. <laughs> That's another story. <laughs> OK,
7: fine. Fuck
1: it.
5: I was secure and so glad there was you
7: to love. What in the world would I ever do without us? But it's getting clear that I have to get over you. Give me the
1: reason to want you back. Come on, you know what I'm No, I don't, I don't know
8: that at all. <laughs> Fuck off. Yeah, you do. I don't know. Okay. Play it. What is it?
1: Play it. Luther Vandross give me the reason come on I didn't butcher it that badly
8: (laughs) I I didn't recognise it alright well thanks try not to get sick
1: I'm not sick I'm just in isolation
8: it's probably for the best alright ciao probably bye bye
2: that yeah, wasn't catching a disease. True. That was catching a bomb. True.
1: So, do you think a lot of marriages will
2: suffer? Obviously, a lot of marriages, marriages will suffer because of the strains. You know, you've got all your life is turned upside down. You may have children or parents to care for, all manner of things going on. So, lots of stress. Yeah. Um, you know, it hasn't really hit yet. Yeah. Yeah. The the reality will will not really filter through as a stunned phase. People will then have to accommodate to it, which will take some days.
3: If you're stuck at home with kids right now, don't worry about their education so much. Everyone is on pause. They're not going to get behind because when we all pick up life again, they're all going to be at the same point where they left off. If home education is going to be a flashpoint within your family, put it away and use it on days to help with boredom. Use it on days to keep them busy. Don't have... Nurture their imagination and creativity more than anything else. Keep them clothed, keep them fed, keep them safe. Open up their minds.
6: If you have small children and are understandably exhausted by the bedtime, Give yourself a timeout and let a famous celebrity read your little ones a bedtime story. You can search for this online under the hashtag SafeWithStories. And then it's the end of the day, adult time. Another inescapable new reality. Most couples have never spent so much time together without the distractions of work, friends, and family commitments. This brings new challenges. Even for the most solid of intimate relationships, make sure to check in and to be honest with each other. In times of disruption, one partner may prefer more structure, and the other partner may prefer to have no structure at all, with less rules. One partner, for example, may want to de stress with sex, while the other may find that their libido fades as the stress and boredom rise. These are important differences that need to be honestly and compassionately discussed and also compromised on communication is key here
4: a lot of people have been married to their careers and that has gotten them through but if if they have this oh my god i don't have my career anymore who am i now their entire identity is shaken you know um then they're finding themselves in a position of having to redefine who they are and the relationships are going to be ending the ones that have already been just for convenience sake, they're going to be exposed. They're not going to be able to be around each other. They're going to get so sick of each other, like cabin fever to the point where they're going to be like, Oh my God, I can't stand you get out of my life. Whereas before they were, it was convenient. They were fine. They were just, you know,
1: but
4: so maybe
0: in the
1: beginning, everyone will cling to that. And then by the end of it, everyone will be getting divorces or
4: something. <laughs> I know. I, I think so the ones who aren't meant to be will not be and the ones that are meant to be will then be free and available for what it
6: is that they're supposed to be in that kind of thing (laughs) we'll see yep there is much we can no longer do but we can still reach out and connect with others often at no cost even with family and friends who may be living abroad we can even see them on our screens It's not the same as a proper hug, of course, but it still allows it to communicate and connect as often as we are willing. Physical self-isolation does not have to equate to emotional emptiness. And self-isolation must not mean self-abandonment.
1: We are having to massively integrate the shadow right now.
2: Um, I think that we are so anxious that we're not containing shadow and we're letting shadow take us over. Okay. At, so some, how- at some level. And then at another level, the, the confrontation with the awesomeness of this is giving rise to accept, well, totally realistic fear. Yes, yeah. Uh, and I think that the, the attempt to manipulate the public into not panicking when the thing was very scary gave a double message because I mean we have told people for a long time now they are what they have and if you don't have anything you're not much. And this all of a sudden where people, where the whole world has shifted and they can't live life and they've been doing everything according to the rules and then it's all stripped away from them Yeah. and they lose those things that give them self-worth and self-esteem, there is a potential for a lot of um, anxiety, distress, depression, anger, disharmony, acting out. And also, I mean, unless there's a a humane and kind means of dealing with coronavirus, I worry about the level of uh, suicide risk.
1: Yeah, I know.
2: So what can people do to, like, combat that? Well, I think they have to be very honest and that there are means of accessing um, things like Samaritans or actually getting um, Skype interviews with your GP, finding counselling and getting answers to their worries. But it is a period of vulnerability for the population.
6: Another sad truth is that domestic abuse escalates in times of uncertainty. It's made worse for those who have to self-isolate with toxic and dangerous partners. In fact, this weekend alone, there was an increase in 65% of calls from domestic abuse. If you're in an abusive relationship, please know that shelters are still open and the police are still here to help you. In fact, they're expecting this increase. The National Domestic Abuse Helpline is still operating. Please, please reach out if you need to. You're listening to The Silver Stream,
1: a journey through ideas in collaboration with invited guests. I'm creator and host, visual artist Byzantia Harlow, and today's episode of Voyage takes a different format, a montage of different voices from various people I've spoken to From therapists to spiritual healers, psychoanalysts to psychics, and musicians to monks, plus extracts of my chats with friends, family, and other artists. I'm very grateful to everyone that let me interview them over Skype or sent in voice notes. This episode focuses on how we can begin to process our new reality.
2: The important thing is that this is a disease um that is especially killing the old those who are in have health needs and have care needs now this population has been vilified as being costly and difficult to manage and they're going to differentially have high mortality rates now there's a a nasty little paradox in that that we need to show those of us who survive it that we are equal and cared for. Mm. Because in the elderly group, there's already great anger, especially when they said, oh, it's just you know, people with underlying- I,
1: that, I think that irritates everyone though. I, I
2: think everyone
1: feels angry about that, not just people in that age bracket.
2: The other way of saying that would be that the majority of people who get it and survive have no major health problems. Mm. So there, there are different ways of nuancing this. Yeah. this um, it makes people feel unvalued.
7: You and yeah. the younger. You but it's the... so
1: scary, isn't it? It's like crazy. It is, it's for us, not really there because time
7: is there. We had a lovely life. But for you, youngster,
1: you have to look after yourself. Well, I think
7: we're
1: we're, we're less likely to get ill, you know. But I think even for people your age, it's not nice because, I mean, you don't want to get this illness. It's not a nice way to die, even if you are old. Do you know what I mean? It would be nice to die
7: on our own bed with our own illness. Yeah. But, my darling, you look after
1: yourself. I will. But you and Granddad are not going out, so you won't get it. No. Because the scary thing is, even if you don't get that, but you get ill with something else, you know, you can't really go to hospital at the moment. That would yeah. be a nightmare. So that's a bit scary. Yeah. So you just well, have to be very we, careful. We, that
7: we already have our problems. So, know. you know, we just do the best. We look after ourselves. Yeah. And we yeah. Well, and yeah. that's all we can do that. You are
1: the future. Don't forget. It. Does this remind you of like wartime, this kind of thing, or not? Oh, yes,
7: but a wartime you have an enemy which you know. We have the enemy is invisible. Yeah. At the moment. Yeah. And so we have to be careful. I'm hoping to see you again.
5: Dear.
1: I know. Me too. <laughs> Nothing
7: is
8: secure now.
1: Well, you and Grandad have to make sure you live to at least ninety-one so that we, we can see you. <laughs> but
7: Granddad, they yeah, already had. I'll
1: I know. Give him
7: two years, so you know, any time that is here, yeah, it's great.
1: Oh no. But you have to try and live extra, extra, extra long so that once the lockdown's <laughs> over we can have your 90th birthday late. <laughs> but take care. I will, you too, and I'll call you soon, okay? Lots of love. Yes. Love from Mum, by the way. Yes. Bye, Nona. Ciao. Hey, hey. Hey. I find it very uplifting seeing the videos coming out of Italy of people singing from their balconies and stuff. Have you seen yes. those? Yes, That's yeah. like beautiful. I think it is showing like the human spirit resilient, but it's obviously very, it's like a big tragedy.
4: No matter what tragedy happens to the world, we have to do that. We have to find the lighter in it. Otherwise, it will just be madness and chaos. It's, it's like we're almost having to just, it's like we were handed something out of our control. Now, what we do with it is, you know, the only thing that we can control and the only thing that is in our hands. Where, where do you go from here?
1: Yeah. You're in, in Rhodes, I'm in London, and <laughs> you're in a monastery and I'm yeah. isolated in my house. But it's like amazing that we have the technology to do this. So, as well as like isolating yeah. us physically, I think it's bringing people together emotionally. But a lot of people are missing the kind of physical contact. And I wondered if you have anything to say about that, because obviously you're a priest and a monk, so you can't have physical contact. And like, did you find it difficult at one point? Is there a way that people can try and like, what's the best way if people get lonely? Because loneliness is coming up a lot for people. A lot of people are feeling lonely and unconnected. Just, I don't know if you had a perspective on like loneliness or if people do have a dark night of the soul during this time because it's a massive change that's going on for people. And also a lot of people are not going to be able to say goodbye to people that die in the same way because they can't have the same kind of funerals or ceremonies as usual. Uh, I don't know if you knew that, but there's like a, the way funerals are being done in Italy, for example, is like either only very close friends and relatives, or they're doing like a kind of mass funeral because so many people have died there that they can't. And also sometimes people can't say goodbye because their, their relative is dying, but they're not allowed to go and see them.
7: Oh my gosh. So that is very hard Um, for people. So I remember, um, I'm from the USA, I'm from America. North America, and uh, I remember when 9-11 happened, we call it 9-11, when the Twin Towers fell, and I was at work, and um, we went out to lunch to like a restaurant bar. I remember that there's a TV there, and it was showing the things that were happening, and I remember, I I won't forget the feeling that I felt, because everyone was so quiet. Everyone was so, there was such a solidarity that day, and perhaps the next few days, I don't remember, but I remember that um that those moments you know how like at one we felt because everyone was thinking about the same thing
0: yeah
7: um those few days it's very hard to put in words
1: no that's Um, yeah yeah
7: um solidarity you know yeah and um everyone's quiet you know listening and so um We as monks here in the monastery, so we're dealing with that, um, you know, our own loneliness is not necessarily bad or something that that drives us crazy or, you know, we're, we're kind of learning to deal with it and trying to, you know, pray through it. Well, we have these days that, um, in the beginning of Lent, it's called the Trimeron, which are three days. Yeah. That we can be pretty alone, but we get together again for services. Right.
1: Yeah. So even though you guys are alone, in some ways you are alone together, you're all going exactly. through the same thing. Like I live
7: thing. in a community.
1: Yeah. And you're all going through the same thing. I want to say thing. that, yeah. Yeah, but I suppose in a way, so are we. Like, you know, all my neighbours on my road and the whole country and now the whole world. We're all in isolation together. So we are all kind of going through this together. So in a way, it's a bit like you guys going through this thing alone, but within a community of who are doing the same. So it's an interesting... You're like hermits. Yeah, 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 the hermit cult. Yeah, um, definitely it's like the archetype of, of the hermit. But it's interesting that we're like, united by our, by our separateness. Okay, yeah, I like this. I can imagine this being fun if you were drunk on your birthday. And I like it, I can imagine that being fun when you're like drunk on your birthday. Everyone's on rave. (laughs) It's Friday night. (laughs) Making sweet love. How many babies are going to be born? I don't know. It's such a strange time. What is going on? Here's the karaoke songs. You have to be with yourself. Mm. You don't have, like, these things to distract you. And this is why a lot of spiritual people are like, yeah, we can deal with this. Because the, the worst thing, I think, for people like us who aren't ill is this, like, idea of not having structure that we usually have. But it's everything that you thought was there is like, your stability is like, crumbled. Like, loss of control of your life, but yeah. that's all meant to be like this thing, this kind of thing that you, in the spiritual community people are always trying to work through this stuff and surrender. Um, so a lot of them are saying that this has happened to force humans to like, be still, so that they have to like, deal with themselves, like the planet can reset. Do you know there have been all these fake news things? Have you heard the new one that's like a voice note that someone did of like, have you heard that? I'll play it. It's really funny. Okay. Here's the thing.
8: Also, just so you know, um, my sister, her boyfriend's um, brother, Works for the Ministry of Defence, and one of the things that they're doing to prepare, and this won't affect London, this will be everywhere. They're basically worried that people are going to get stuck indoors without any food. So, one of the things that they're doing is they're actually working on making a massive lasagna. They're building like the massive lasagna sheets. Um, <laughs> they're just going to start making the layers um, today. Uh, and then hopefully, like, obviously put the put the Bolognese on and then put the sheets on top. But they're having to make the special sheets, obviously, because they've not got one on big enough because they're making lasagna the size of Wembley Stadium. The, the underground heating at Wembley, that's going to, like, bake the lasagna and then they're going to put the roof across so it's like a rig-bit <laughs> an oven. Um, and then what they're going to do is they're going to, like, carry that. Um, they've got loads of drones and they're going to, like, lift it up with the drones and they're going to, like like, cut off little portions from like, <laughs> I mean, people's houses, um, just to make sure everyone's eating still and no one dies, which is obviously quite sensible. But yeah, I think I'm looking forward to that, because I do quite like lasagna as well, so <laughs> fair play to them.
1: We all thought that social media was going to be the end of us, but it's the only thing keeping us going. Maybe it all makes sense, and that's why humanity has gone virtual because we kind of, on some level, knew that this would happen. Or maybe it happened because we've gone like that, and that it's like the only thing that's connect, like still connecting us. And we were so dependent on it, and now we're like, okay, fine, we know how to deal with this. We'll just go on TikTok and do virtual karaoke. My parents and my grandparents even Skype.
3: So this is really a massive time of change. We can all do our be- bit. Even laying on a sofa and watching cat videos, we are helping to buy time for the scientists, for the doctors, for the government, for everything. We're buying time for nature to take its course. By doing what our government needs us to do, we are helping, even if that's doing nothing and feeling helpless.
6: There is much we can do to help make this new way of life much more comfortable. For a start, I urge you to establish a routine. Aim to go to bed roughly at the same time every day and to wake up roughly at the same time every day. A routine will foster a sense of stability and control and also of purpose. As part of our daily routine, consider keeping a journal. Write down three things that you are grateful for every day. Connect daily with those you love and trust and who you know love and trust you in return. Make sure your routine also includes daily movement. This could be yoga or Pilates. You can search online. Search for your level of expertise. Perhaps you're a beginner, intermediate or advanced. Or maybe you can try a home workout, whether it's Joe Wicks, which again you can search online for his timings. And this one is especially popular with kids or something more adult focused. But if that doesn't entice you, make sure you at least stretch or take a daily walk. While you're out walking, make a conscious effort to notice colors and different types of trees, flowers, listen to the birds. This will keep you in the present and stop you worrying about the future. Exercise releases the feel-good hormones and it helps us sleep better. And it also helps regulate our moods. It's a no-brainer anytime, but especially during this difficult period. If you cannot move freely, Make sure you find a way to appreciate sunshine through your window, or perhaps the soothing noise of rain when you are safely indoors. It really is the little things that matter.
2: I went to a wood and there was a tree that had fallen over, been blown out by the storms. But from its branches, the catkins were sprouting. So because the tree was over, I cut some branches of catkins. I brought them home and put them in the house Um, because they are a symbol of spring. And then I was sort of, I was walking, you know, obviously it's a terrible time, and I was walking through brilliant sunshine, in the woods, all around me the birds are doing everything, you know, all my local birds I feed here, are doing their thing. Um, because of course, the world is carrying on.
1: Judge uh, Rebirth.
2: <laughs> spring, but I actually enjoyed my walk, being in the sunshine, being warmed by the sun and looking at nature. And yeah. for an hour, I completely forgot. It wasn't distraction because, no. you know, watching box sets um, is distraction.
0: Yeah. And as
2: soon as you switch it off, you're back in the anxiety. But um, this was actually a real experience.
1: I have a question. I don't know what to do about this. I've made a new friend. I made friends with a cat in the garden who's, like, come to visit me all the time and it wants to come in the house. Do you think it's wrong for me to pick the cat up and pet it, as it could then go to another house and someone else could pet it? Like, I don't know how careful we need to be. Because
2: You the- do. Can
1: carry. So I haven't been touching the cat, but we've just had this, like, weird friendship. <laughs> the simple pleasures. I think people are going to go back to, like, these simple pleasures, like, oh, Isn't it nice to hear the birds singing in the garden, if you have a garden? Or isn't it nice to, like,
2: go for a walk? Simple pleasures are the best.
1: Yeah. So I do think there is something that we're all learning as a collective.
2: Given this threat we have, you know, what point is a Porsche? What point is a crew? I know. What point is having...
1: I hope thought like that anyway, but a lot of people are very attached to the 3D or like the materialistic
2: world, right? Their esteem is bound with material display and possession.
1: And it's maybe going to be very difficult for them. People who are used to going out, you know, couples that are together because they go out for fancy dinners and like all of this stuff, or... I don't know, but I really worry about then people who are in like a situation, I was talking to my friend about this, If you're in a domestic abuse situation and you're then told you have to be isolating with your family and you don't have your, you know, this is not, you know, I mean, obviously we're all having troubles, but I worry about things like this.
6: If you're feeling very anxious, maybe you should consider cutting out all stimulants, things like alcohol, coffee, cigarettes, so that you may feel more balanced. You will also sleep better and you will sleep for longer. Try cutting out processed foods and refined sugars from your diet too. It will all help. You can try to set aside specific worry time. Say, for example, 20 minutes a day. Set a timer, write down your worries, and then burn that piece of paper. You can try to restrict worrying to these set times. Otherwise, it really can be overwhelming. We may not be able to control what is happening on the outside, but we can control how we respond. For example, we can control the fact that we respect social distancing, even if others don't and we ourselves do not need to hoard toilet roll or how we respond with kindness and grace to others. If your anxiety and stress levels continue to rise, you may feel a panic attack coming on. If you do, breathe slowly through your nose and out through your mouth. Then, out loud, name five things you can see, four things you can touch, three things you can hear, two things you can smell, and one emotion you feel. This exercise will help you keep grounded and will restore a feeling of being much more in control.
0: I do think that those of us who practice self-care, yoga, meditate, I don't know if for others, but for me, um, when life gets very tough or I'm faced with a challenge, instead of drawing on what I know that can help me, that tends to go out of the window. Because we are caught up in uh, negative thoughts and when things are a lot calmer, I tend to use my practice to reinforce my calmness and how good things are. But really, it needs to be the other way round. More important now is to draw on those resources that we have. So looking at nature if we can, noticing when the wind blows and the trees move, listening to birdsong and trying to bring more abundance moments of joy into our lives that can affect our mood and our the calmness that we have in our minds which is going to help us as the next few weeks unfold.
5: When surrender happens and you enter that space deeper and deeper there's a like a a shinier version of you appears. You're just like, oh, wow, yeah. Because everything is valid, everything is included, and then you get to choose
2: what you want to bring forth from that space. Life from birth to death is a voyage, and the length of your voyage is not known. So in one way, we need to understand that it is just a passage, and to make, make use of every moment, and not to waste time, to try and get as much out of, and enjoy as much as possible, of one's life. And that includes, you know, looking after family, relating to friends and family, and that has to be done in different ways. Plain old telephone, landline would work,
7: write,
2: writing letters.
7: Um, also, the, the, the people that are lonely in their house and everything, I, I would like to say too, like, uh, the idea of occupying. So just putting your mind on something, not just sitting around thinking because this is the um, this is the sickness of man is to have thoughts. What we call in Greek logis me. So just sitting around and thinking can be um, you know, unhealthy. You know, if you're doing something during this time, you know if you can if you're just sitting around thinking, if you can break that up, you know, by taking a walk, calling someone, emailing something or something like that.
2: Yeah, People can start to try and write, keep diaries of yeah. their experience. That's very helpful. Writing as a creative process, novels, poetry, songs. Um, try to get what's happening to you into a format that is transitional.
1: How do you mean? Well, to that?
2: Things like art, talking. Talk is a transitional space
1: what do you mean by transitional do you mean transmutative or do you just mean... what do you mean by transitional like
2: space it's out outside of you and in between you and the world right
1: yeah i've always thought of art as existing between like the viewer and the artist or the viewer and the viewer and like in this like liminal in between space is that kind of what you mean
2: yeah so one of the ways of helping yourself to process your experience especially if it's overwhelming you is to make sense of it draw it paint it Put a poem about it. Sing it. We've all got these skills. You know, if you go into cultures where there's a widespread baseline of making art and music and craft, you know, people face terrible adversities, but they live their life quite happily. I mean, we can look at countries yeah. where the population have been, you know, suffering, suffering, suffering. But you know, when you go to meet them, they're st- still happy and human.
3: We hang into the routines we know. We know no other realities. We mostly never practice facing death. This is the time. This is the time. Inspire into your spiritual self. This is the time this is the time. Connect into your intuition. This is the time. This is the time. What is that you feel? What is that you fear? And what? A constant battle against fear. What is that you feel? What is, is that you is fear? That we're in between life
7: and dreams. If I say what's <laughs> going to
1: happen, because power can only go—it's like a snap. I always think terror is like a mirror to what's happening now, so it's like a snapshot of the future as it could be today, but tomorrow could change. And like, also you
4: should only take it if it resonates, but let's just see like, as it stands today, like what, what, what would be the outcome or something? Yeah.
0: I just get
1: like really curious.
4: <laughs> so you
1: have the moon coming out? hmm the moon is all about illusion so the moon is a really interesting card it's another major arcana card it shows you how to quite a spiritual connection to this person, it's not just surface level it's quite, quite deep if you think of the moon, the moon doesn't have its own light it reflects sunlight so in in its very essence it is this kind of reflected light so it's an illusionary in a way the sun is like if, if the sun card comes out it's almost like Illumination and truth for me, where the moon is a kind of deception and madness because it has links to like lunacy, cycles, all of this stuff, right? Um, and also the unconscious for Jung, the moon is totally like a symbol of unconscious, and with that, you get like creativity, but you also get like, madness. Or so, when it comes up when I'm asking about like the future of a relationship, I see that there are some hidden elements that have probably come to light, yeah. Uh, and it's causing confusion, because the moon is also all about confusion. It's about things being confused, but within it, there being, like, valuable, like, uh, a valuable process of creation, or valuable... Because it's about intuition as well. The moon is about intuition,
0: and, like, it links to femininity and that sort of intuition. So I think that something has come to life which has caused, like, loads and loads of confusion, and you're almost going to have to... I think it could go either way. Um, and the moon coming out, saying like it could sort of like
1: cause you sleepless nights, send you a little bit crazy, or be able to sort of go within and in almost like in a shamanistic way, where they use the moon's light as a guide to the unconscious. So if, if you do that, you could make it could be like maybe very very creative and could highlight like all of these new things, but it's going to be like a kind of uh, slightly Difficult, like it's going to be sort of littered with confusion and all of this stuff that could come something quite creative, and like you know, the moon is a nice soul as well, so it's not bad. You have... Sorry.
5: yeah, it feels like it could be a very transformational, yeah,
1: uh, period. The thing about the moon is the moon is now fixed right so it's always like it goes new moon like you know it goes through all these cycles so it, this idea of whatever it is is never fixed so it's always changing which is nice but it's maybe not like the most stable vibe. and maybe you want something. It's interesting because you're getting another card for like Sunday, which is the Six of Cups. The Six of Cups is all about um child, it's almost
4: like a return to a childhood innocence in the traditional tarot, it
6: shows two little kids handing each other, like,
1: um, roses or something, like flowers. And so it's about this childlike innocence in, in like, finding inner child, maybe, like, bringing up stuff to do with inner child. But it can also just be that you've known this person for a long time, that you've known in a past life. This kind of, like, thing about, it, it takes you back in time, and it's... It, for me it's like yeah. the card of mercury retrograde which is when you think about the past and like yeah. all these old lovers come up or something but it's that whole vibe of like nostalgia that's what i'm looking for it's like a very nostalgic love card <laughs> um, and then you have the five oh, know, patterns in my readings this is why i use different decks because you get the same cards coming out you get the moon again
3: again <laughs> <laughs>
1: Which is, like, this illumination and stuff. But my father wrote the guide, I don't know it off my heart, because he's a psychoanalyst. So I'll read you what he says, because it's like a psychoanalytical take on the tarot. It might be useful. Yeah.
3: Let's
1: see. Uh, Luna. So it, it's he, he's an alchemist and a psychoanalyst, so it's like a take from both the perspectives. So in alchemy, it's to do with this um, the albedo, which is... There are different phases about me, but all But the archetype of the moon or lunar is fluid, um, always in flux. The moon is linked to the archetypes of the anima and the mother. The mother-like aspect of the anima is complex, where the archetype is not one-sided, meaning solely, solely the nurturing mother. So there are, like, these opposite qualities, and Jung saw the astrological moon as both deeply complex and ambivalent, the archetypal core which equates to the triple-bodied lunar goddess of antiquity, Hecate. And she was the goddess of magic, witchcraft, the night moon, ghosts, and necromancy. And she was the only child of the Titans, Perseus and Asteria, who she received her power from heaven, and earth, and sea. The white stone evokes the successful transformation of self, to have broken free and integrated some of the repressions and content of the personal shadow. You know I was saying it's like you have to go within and like come to terms with yourself um, and collective endowment. It suggests using the unconscious to promote and transform. It suggests enlargement of the content of personal and collective self whilst warning of the possibility of enchantment. This is what I was saying about how it can be a bit illusionary. And the potential that numinous archetypes in the unconscious may overwhelm the ego and the consciousness. So, this is this idea of like it can be over, it's like a very overwhelming experience, but it has this
0: numinosity, which is like this magic. Um, Hmm. And it's this archetype of like, yeah, transformation. So, I think this is a very transformative time for you, and you're having to like wrestle with a lot of ambiguous like things from your subconscious but it's like incredibly rich
3: tarot cards can really help open up a path when we're stressed out when we're worried we focus on that one thing the tarot cards and tarot spread can help us see 360 help us see things that we hadn't considered before and help us see a path in the darkness when we're in a car and we're driving at night we can only see the path in front we can't see the road ahead we have to trust that road is there and that road is there and right now we can't quite see it, but we have to trust the better days are going to come. That this will be over, and we will all be able to go back out into the world again. So, when you go back out into the world, what is it you want to be doing different, and what is it you want to be
1: doing better? The <laughs> star, though, which is the card of hope,
2: you know, that, because I heard star, absolutely.
1: This is our alchemical tarot. It's about hope and like the water and the unconscious. It's going to make people confront their subconscious
2: and their unconscious, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But also it's going to make people have problems sleeping. Yeah. You know, I mean, and this is why I say don't listen to the news late at night. Try and give yourself a clean period before going to bed. Chamomile tea, valerian tea, nice, safe things, not drugs particularly, but they do have an effect. Strength. Strength. (laughs)
1: that's about using all of the darkness and the kind of um well in tarot it's about going dealing integrating your shadow in this card it's like the alchemical process where the mercury is transformed to the healing elixir could there be some kind of alchemy involved in what's going on that we find some kind of elixir from it and like
2: you know what i mean i think we should learn from it and learn deeply and widely. Yeah. So, I would... Um, I, I can't see that we can make a global tragedy. I mean, there will be some gold that we can find in it, but at the moment, it's very much um, a big, massive Nike Which,
1: explain what that is. <laughs>
2: It's the rotting down. Yeah. It's, it's, it's depressive. It's sad. It's it links to
1: the psychoanalytical process of depression, but after depression you get this kind of like... In you
8: rebirth. Like,
2: like, rebirth. Yeah.
0: Mm.
2: I mean, the nigrida is, is the, the darkening stage, and then you get the whitening that comes from it. But we're not in that position yet. We're stuck in
6: the nigrida. If you need to, please remember to reach out for support. The government has launched several initiatives. Have a look at www.gov.uk to find out about employment and benefits rights. The more informed you are, the less likely you are to feel panicked and stressed. If it is still all too much, please remember that you are not alone. You really are not alone. You can call the Samaritans on 116 123. You can call them at any time of day, any day of the week. Please reach out for help and also reach out to help others. Maybe an elderly neighbor needs help with their food shop, or maybe a key worker on your street would welcome some home cooked meals left on their doorstep. By helping others, you also help yourself. We're all better together and we will achieve more as part of a mutually supportive community than as individuals. On the other hand, if you truly feel this is a gift of time and are experiencing a feeling of community and belonging, I encourage you to enjoy this time out for our usual fast-paced reality. Good for you. You know, if we let them, hard challenges can teach us so much. Hard times can mirror strength within ourselves and within our friends and family that we may not know even existed. Our resilience, patience, endurance, acceptance surrender humility compassion and flexibility we also have unprecedented opportunities for the most varied entertainment completely free of charge right in our own homes worldwide museums opera houses and theaters are digitally opening their doors to us all if you're interested or perhaps just curious go online and search The National Theatre, the Met in New York, the How To Academy here in London, for example, welcome us with their art, their plays and their talks by famous international speakers. What an amazing opportunity for us to become armchair travellers and connoisseurs. Search for hashtag together at home.
0: We should also try and remember that is very common in the self-care world that this, this too shall pass that in we have to remember that both in times of joy and in moments of um despair that things will that things will pass and it is natural part of life the good and the bad it's how obviously we are reacting at this moment that is going to help us get through all of this um it is difficult times
1: any other final sort of thoughts or messages for people about this global pandemic that's going on, or anything really?
7: I think it will pass. It will pass. Yeah. I think it will pass. I, I believe. I believe it will pass. You know, I can't say when. No specifics. And just to believe that and trust that, and uh, that there will be a brighter day.
1: And to try and maybe find the, the good in the, even in this moment that isn't the brighter day, you know, to try to... to Absolutely.
7: Yeah.
6: i leave you with one last question. Thinking ahead for the future, what are the lessons you do not want to forget from this time? Finally, I want to shout out a special and really heartfelt thank you to our NHS doctors and nurses, to those who make sure our supermarket shelves are stacked and our pharmacies open. To all our key workers, we literally could not survive without you. Thank you.
1: Is there any kind of Jungian take on this?
6: Or? Well,
2: only for uh, the, the, the archetype of pestilence and death is, is there, it's opposite is uh, life, rebirth, renewal. So those archetypes and and their, their dipo opposites are constellated. My take on life is that when you pass through life, you should be able to look back on it and think, I did my best, I enjoyed it, and I feel I have left something Tangible into the zeitgeist that I am happy with. Yeah, doesn't have to be very big, you know. Having a having a lovely family that keep going, you know, it could be a fabulous thing. Across time, you know, there are whole things that people do, and they enter into the collective and they become part of the culture and they, you know. But even you no, know, even cultures come and go. Yeah. Everything has a beginning and an end, the Alpha and the Omega.
3: So, as always, I'm going to wrap you all in a bubble of protection so that we can all do what we need to do right now. Stay safe, I hope you stay healthy, and really consider where you want your life to go next because this is an amazing opportunity to really think about you and what you want and your part in this world.
6: Be gentle, be kind, be safe.